you will find John chapter 11, verse 38 is where we will begin. And John writes, Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Here ends the reading of today's holy word. Let us go to God in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What we find in our scripture today is we see uh, the ending of the story of Lazarus. Lazarus, who is the brother of Mary and Martha. Yes, that Mary and Martha that Jesus frequently interacts with. They live in a town of Bethany. And we know Lazarus is someone who Jesus deeply cares about. Because when they send notice of his illness to them, he, it is said that the one whom you love, is ill. And so Jesus cares deeply for Lazarus. Now, when we look back at this story, the story goes a a little like this, that Jesus was out doing ministry. He had just finished up doing something at the end of chapter 10, and we're told that he goes to the other side of the Jordan where John the Baptist was baptizing people. So he's a distance away doing ministry, performing signs and wonders and miracles and laying out the grace of God and the love of God before them when they receive word that Lazarus had fallen ill. And in verse 4, Jesus responds. He says, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. See, when we look at the story of Lazarus as a whole, What is shown to us is that, yes, Jesus hears our cries. Jesus hears our pleas. Jesus hears our prayers. Jesus hears our calls for healing. But Jesus works on the timing of the will of God for God's ultimate glory. As much as we want him to work on our time. Because throughout all of this that we see with Lazarus, the disciples are perplexed by him. Mary and Martha are upset. Why didn't you come sooner? Because the fact of the matter is that as the story goes, Jesus waits two more days before heading to Bethany. And he receives another notice. This one that Lazarus has died. And now when he arrives in Bethany, he has an exchange with Martha. 
Mary and Lazarus' sister, and he, he talks of resurrection. She says she knows of it in the last days when it will occur. But in verse 25 and 26, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He asks her. She says, yes. So they head to the tomb. And it's there at the tomb that we are told Jesus weeps. This was a man whom Jesus loved dearly. A family that was close to Jesus. And yet Jesus knew it was the will of God for the purpose of God's glory that he wait until this moment to arrive. Yet it did not cause Jesus to be callous towards them. But he had empathy and sympathy. He weeps when we weep and rejoices when we rejoice. But here Jesus is at the tomb. Lazarus has now been dead for four days. And he instructs the crowd around there to take away the stone. Now, back in this time, Jewish tombs were often caves whittled out of, out of the walls or in the hills. And they could, some of them could hold up to eight people within them. And the stone was placed over the tomb to keep out animals, grave robbers, but also to keep the stench inside. And Martha makes note of that because back in this time, the Jewish people didn't embalm the bodies like the Egyptians did. They merely wrapped the legs and the arms and the face and then sprinkled spices on them. So they knew a stench was coming. And so in verse 40 of our scripture today, Jesus reiterates that promise to Martha of resurrection. He goes, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And it's then, as the stone is taken away, Jesus lifts his eyes to heaven and he prays. And he prays, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. Father, I thank you that you heard me. This was his prayer. Jesus didn't even have to say that. The Father and the Son are fully aware and know their relationship and are secure in it. Jesus doesn't have to thank the Father for hearing him. But look at this prayer. There's no petition in it. There's no request for anything to be done. He doesn't even turn to God and ask him to raise Lazarus out. No, Jesus is able to do this on his own because he is God the Son. And so in his prayer, he just offers thanksgiving. Thanks that the Father heard him. About what, though? Thanks that the Father heard him about what? Well, it was about letting Jesus' glory be put 
on display in this manner. See, back in verse 14 of this story of Lazarus in chapter 11, the disciples were perplexed as to why Jesus hadn't gone ahead upon receiving notice that Lazarus was ill, knowing they had seen Jesus heal sick people before. And so Jesus tells them that Lazarus has died. And he continues on saying, And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Jesus heard the request and knew that he would go there when the God willed him to go there for the glory of God. And he was glad in it because he knew what would happen would open eyes and pierce hearts. He was glad for them. And yet when he arrives at the tomb, he weeps because he is saddened for Martha and Mary and those who loved him. But Jesus is here at the tomb praying to the Father, saying, thank you, for listening to me. And his prayer demonstrates to all of us that he is praying so that others can hear this prayer. That's not always the case with Jesus. He's praying, even in the words he's saying, to let us know that he wants people to see and hear that he is thanking God for this. That the Father and the Son are in agreement in this display of glory. See, in John's gospel account of the life and ministry of Jesus, he wants us, the reader and the, and the hearer of these words, to be sure to know that by these works that Jesus does, by these signs, by these wonders, by these miracles, that Christ has come as God incarnate, God in the flesh, God the Son, is with us. And so this prayer of Jesus's isn't some whisper. This isn't something that he looks to heaven and thinks in his head and in his heart, but he says it loud enough for everyone. This is the disciples who are there with him. This is Mary and Martha and the family who have come to mourn the loss of Lazarus. This is the crowd of people that is following Jesus around in his ministry. This is those that have heard Jesus was coming to Bethany, which is a short trek from Jerusalem. And he's gathered there outside of the tomb. And it's so that all can hear this prayer. Because in this prayer, he's not praying for the benefit of God. But so that everyone could hear. Because if they heard the prayer, after this miracle, they would then appropriately give glory to God and Christ. Not as a magician, not as a wizard with a trick, but as Lord and Savior, as God the Son and God the Father. That's why he prayed so loud. But there's something that happens in this prayer. Something very interesting that goes on in Jesus' prayer that brings us, when we catch it, great comfort and peace and hope. 
See, Jesus prays and is praying loud enough for everyone to hear. And then in verse 42, he prays this. He goes, I knew that you always hear me. I knew that you always hear me. The Father, God the Father, always hears Jesus. He always listens to Jesus. And this is important for us. Because Jesus prays for us. Jesus hears us and prays on our behalf. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says that consequently he, that is Jesus, is able to save the uttermost, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus lives to pray. To pray for you. To pray for you on your behalf to the Father in heaven. To pray for his unfailing goodness and his mercy and his grace and his love and his peace and his comfort to be upon you. Jesus prays for you. He prays for your salvation. He rejoices and is glad knowing that your name is written in the book of life. And guess what? God always hears him. God always hears him. This is good news that God always hears him. Christ hears us and on our behalf goes to the Father and the Father always hears. Jesus always is praying for us, interceding on our behalf and is praying in accordance with God's will, just as the Holy Spirit does, as we're taught in Romans 8. And God always hears. Go back and go forward and read John chapter 17. See what Christ prays. See what he prays for you. The Father Father is listening. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful this day that you have sent Jesus to be our substitute, to atone for our sins on the cross and be resurrected so that we might live. And we thank you that he's not only our Savior, but our Lord. We thank you that he hears our prayers, that he's sympathetic and empathetic towards us, that he rejoices when we rejoice and weeps when we weep. Lord, thank you for making him our great high priest, the one who intercedes on our behalf. Thank you for giving us that grace because we know you always hear him. And that brings us hope and comfort because there's so much we want you to know. In Jesus' name, amen.